Good evening guys, welcome to Razzie's Football Show Again, this is Season 2, Episode 4 We have Bav from USA And our guest, again we have Kevin Who once again wants to join us because We had a very intriguing talk last episode And we want to you know, continue that talk And let's start off with Arsenal I guess I mean, hey, great result 4-0. What you got to say about that, Kevin? I'll start yeah. with you first. Yeah, yeah, I was impressed. Um, obviously, best form of struggling, but sort of take that result with a pinch of salt. But, um, yeah, I mean, all things considering the weather, the snow, um, we knew Sam Adas was going to get physical players on the try and park the bus and we just, we just bulldozed them. Um, yeah, it was perfect night, really. So, I mean, the thing was, right, we spoke about it last week in the last episode where you we said the youngsters need to be given a chance. And I think, again, the, a couple of the same players were playing. And Saka, he was amazing on the night again. And I think even Lacazette, mm. you spoke about how you, you yeah. don't really <laughs> like him. But... Hey, he scored two goals, and the guy who never scored was the captain, Aubameyang. Surprising, you know, when a 4 0 and Aubameyang yeah. not on the score sheet. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I was a bit harsh on, on Lacazette last week. Um, but as fans, that's what you'll be, you'll be proven wrong when, um, when the back's against the wall. Um, but you still can't take away the fact that he's missed some big chances in that in that um, in that period. Um, I can remember like Tierney. I think it was against Leicester or Wolves. Tierney put put something right on his head, and and, and he's put it over. Um, I think maybe back from injury, um, he knows he needs to start putting the ball in the back of the net, and then it, that, that's exactly what we got. That's what he won. I want to be proven wrong, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Well, uh, the thing what I liked was the fact that there was a lot of zip to your game. I mean, was it the second goal where it was just quick passes and a goal to when Saka scored? I think that was, you know, electrifying, and especially with the weather. That was the worst part of the weather, I think, as well. And they just zipped the ball about, like, you know, and they just went through the other, the defense in no time. That was quite impressive. That was good, yeah. That's probably some of the best team moves I've seen since Arteta came in, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. So it seems like, Bab, I mean, over to you. I mean, just say, it seems like Arteta's getting them to, you know, getting them working now. What's your thoughts on... It seems that way. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Can it be maintained for the next three or six games, right? Because West Brom have been terrible, man. Ever since Sam Allardyce came on board, it looks like they're doing worse than what... They were under Slavin Village. And maybe Sam Allardyce has lost his touch. Who knows? We, we don't know. Um, I think somebody said the podcast to Lacazette. He clearly listened to it. It got through. A light bulb went on in the, his head and he put the ball in the back of the net twice. Right, Kev? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, since then. Yeah. And then Saka's... I think if Saka's play... If he gets that consistent run of games, you're going to see the best of Saka. But I think Emil Smith-Rowe, man, that guy... He's under the radar a lot, and again, I want to see if he can maintain it for the next five, six games. Youngsters are always going to have a dip, but heading in the right direction. Three wins on the bounce, can't complain, but can it be maintained for the next three, four, five, six games? That's the question, right? Because yeah. we should yeah, be able think, to capitalise yeah. on some of the misfortunes that some of the other teams are ha having right now. Chelsea, Chelsea are in free fall. So, you know, eventually I think Leicester will probably drop out the top four and. I'm not saying we're going to get to the top four. I don't. I think if we finish top ten, that's a good achievement. But if we could even get to a European spot, I think that's not a bad season. Because at the end of the day, when you want to attract talent, you've got to be really in the Champions League, not Europa League. Absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah, speaking I've seen of that form, linked to um. So you saying something, Nevers? Sorry. Yeah, I was just saying. Speaking of form, I mean, Liverpool. You know. Too many draws. Is that going to cost them the title this season? What's your thoughts on that, Kevin? Bav? 
Yeah, I think, yeah, Bev mentioned last week that you guys w- was missing Jota and yeah, I, I think that is key, but I, f- I bet you're glad that um, Thiago is, is, is back on the pitch because he looked decent against Newcastle, I thought, um, Thiago. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see him and start. That might, yeah, that, that, that might improve things for you creatively. Yeah, um, absolutely. When teams try to sit back and, and do the low block. Um, the thing is, I mean, Bav, I'm going to speak to you about this as well. The problem with Liverpool is we're not scoring goals. Creativity is not a problem. The chances are there. I mean, how many, I think there were like 18 or 19 attempts on goal um, against Newcastle and, you know, it's just not good enough. The, you know, they're missing chances after chances. Not even who missed the bulk of the chances, though. Salah. Exactly. And Salah wants to leave. By the by, the sound there's some rumours coming up. Is that is that his way say to say to the team that look, I'm gone. I want to go. If that's going to go, the Real Madrid. big Spanish clubs don't have money right now. But that's what I mean. I, I think he's a bit stupid if he's playing that sort of like those kind of games. It's just not worth it. You're playing for the, probably the best team in Europe or one of the best teams in Europe. Play the best you can, win a few more titles, then we'll see where things go. But I just think that the problem with Liverpool players, I mean, and I think Salah in particular, he wants to be the main man. The way Klopp has created that team, there's never going to be a main man. It's going to be the team. The main man is always going to be Klopp. Let's not take that away. Klopp is the main man. Even Henderson, he's the team captain. He never regards himself as the main man. We spoke about it last week, how, how he um, sacrifices his own game. And I think that's what Salah needs to learn now, is that it's not always about him, it's about the team. And if he needs to pass the ball to Mane, then do it. Because that was a problem last season as well, where they had a, a little tiff between each other because Mane didn't pass the ball to Salah or you know whatever it was. And it just... I don't, I don't understand Salah sometimes and he, uh, he's so frustrating to watch because he can have amazing games and then the next minute he'll have shockers. I've said it repeated times during season one and obviously a few times during season two. I am still not convinced with Mo Salah. Yeah, he... And I used Andy Cole in an analogy last week, right? Where it's literally five, Andy Cole and Filippo Inzaghi, two of the prime guys, if you look back at the last 10, 15, 20 years... They need five chances to put the ball in the back there. That's crazy. But his numbers are great. Though. Look at Salah's numbers. Yeah, but it's, it's all about positioning. Right? That first season, he got lucky. But his numbers are great because he's on penalties. You take those penalties away, those numbers are going to be shocking. Like, literally a third of those goals are not there. And he scuffs. He can't, he can't strike the ball. That's what's frustrating. You guys right now, I've got a little theory. Timo Werner is extremely unhappy at Chelsea. He's not performing. I guarantee you Jurgen Klopp would get so much out of him. I'd and Chelsea, you know what, might even take, take a 20-30% loss and say, you know what, Liverpool, go ahead, take this guy off our hands. The, the worst thing was, right, we wanted Timo Werner from the beginning, right? And then Chelsea came along like they do, you know, put Spanner in works, you know, and Liverpool weren't prepared to pay the money. And then they didn't want to disrupt the front three either. But I guarantee if we had Werner, the seller would have gone anyway. And that's that's what would have been the problem. But then, having said that, if we got Timo Werner, would we have got Jota? Probably not. And I'm very happy with Jota. So it's it's a it's a, one of them situations. What you know? What would you prefer? But you're right. You're absolutely right in what you say. Um, Werner would uh, Klopp would definitely get a lot more out of him because I think his style of game, his style of play suits Liverpool. And another thing I'll throw into the works is if you guys were to sign Jordan Sancho, who might be available at a slightly cut price, price, there's no future for Mo Salah in that team. Straight up. I would take Sancho. How, how do you feel about week. that? I would take Sancho any day of the week. And I love Salah. I've been a fan. and But 
what I'm seeing of him, uh, you know, after, I, I just feel like he's lost appetite. And I don't like players that lose appetite. You know, winners don't lose appetite. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi win, you know, trophies after trophy, season after season. They're still the best players in the world. And that's the reason why is they don't lose appetite. They just want to keep winning. And they, the desire to win is, you know, pretty much every season. And most top players, they've got that. And I just think that Salah, I think what he, what he wants is that big, you know, paycheck or whatever it is. He's one of them players that just wants a paycheck. A bit like a, and I, I hate to say it, but Obama Young is one of them players as well. You know, paycheck players. You know, that nah, one Obama Young is going to come good, man. I have faith in him. No, he, he's, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. And he's a great finisher. But si let's be honest, since the pay uh, uh, increase or whatever, has he done much? Would you take Obama Young at Liverpool? No. Because that's the same Salah situation. I wouldn't. 100%. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I think all strikers go through periods like this. I think like last season, a couple of those chances would have, would have ended up in the back of the net 100%. Um, with Aubameyang, it's just the rubber of the green. It just, it just goes like that sometimes. Um, I'm, I'm sure you'll find his feet. He'll probably end up on 15 goals this season I reckon league goals that is um, yeah just got to be patient with it I guess um, just ride the storm but, but yeah I, I don't think he's taking his foot off the pedal I, I can see he was involved in, he was involved in a third goal he, he done well for that um, you, you can see he's working hard so I don't think it's that yeah it's just uh to be in a comp yeah that's all it is in my opinion so you say that about Salah as well then it's just it's just one of them things yeah and he'll come good I mean I, I can see that both players have been putting in the effort um, yeah I, I don't think it's anything <laughs> sinister I don't think he's just taking his foot off the pedal because he, he's, he's edging for a move he might be edging for a move but I, I don't think I, I doubt he's that unprofessional that he would let it affect his game that way, purposefully. Fair enough, but you know, it will, remains to be seen what happens there. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about really was United. Are they tied to challenges? West Ham? No, Man United. Man United. Let's get it. The Devils. Man United. Oh. Are they title challenges? Challenges. Uh, based on the Premier League table, yeah. They're the most informed team in the Premier League. Last five games, won four, drawn one. But I'm still not convinced. But I, I think defensively, they've still got issues. And apparently they're not happy with Aaron... What's his name? Uh, Bisaka, right back. Yeah, They're expecting him to play... But he's going to be out for a little while ahead. Is he? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But I was thinking he could be a central defender and they could buy a new right back. Because defensively, he's pretty solid. When it comes to attacking-wise, he's not that good. And then you see like Luke Shaw on the other side. Like It's like he's tiptoeing his way around. Like He's scared that he's going to get fouled and injured. Like, and I, I know the guy's had an injury before, but psychologically, if you let that you know, affect you, then it doesn't really make sense to even play. And then they've got Alex Tellers. And God knows why they bought him. He doesn't even get no playing time. Just like Van der Beek. Like, surely Van der Beek is better than Matic and Fred. I think McTominay's going to be a good player um, and I think United up front they've, they've got the firepower that's needed to put the ball in the back of the net at the end of the day goals win games and draws don't if you want to look at it like look at not to knock Liverpool but a couple of draws lately have cost you that breathing space that you want up top yeah no you're right I mean what I saw from United is that they've managed to get Pogba playing again and and you know what? A good Pogba makes a massive difference and we saw that in the last few games. Also, Martial as well. I mean, we've said this before. He's one of them players that um he's a moody guy, he's, he you know, he can turn it up when he wants and then sometimes he goes missing in his for a few games. But he seems like he's playing really well right now. 
And Rashford is just Rashford. He's, the guy's explosive, you know. The other day, I just saw him with the ball. He's explosive. And he's such a talent, you know. Um, you know, United are lucky to have him. And I, and I really said, I'm quite a big fan of Rashford. Um, and it hurts to say that, you know, being a Liverpool fan. But yeah, the guy is immense, you know. He's got so much quality. And the way he strikes the ball, his movement off the ball as well. He's always like... You know, peeling off a defender or whatever it is, he's he's in the right place at the right time. I think he's a great asset to have. Obviously, you got Bruno Fernandes, the, the, the you know the creative mastermind in that team, but they've got some good, real good talent in that team. And I think yeah, you've you're touched on Van der Beek and stuff like that who haven't really got playing time. They look difficult to be. They do look difficult to beat right now, and they got a strong goalkeeper. And again, the guy has started to perform. So you never know with them. You never know. And a pretty strong number two as well with uh, what's his name Henderson. Henderson as well. Yeah, they've That's got. That's why United are struggling right now because they don't have him in between the sticks. Yeah, I mean the thing. This is the thing, right? The the problem I have with United is not their team. They I they got some talented players. No no doubt about it. But the manager has he got Plan B or Plan C? They they are pretty much a counter attacking team. But what other way can they play? They don't play, they play counter, that's all they play. That's all I've seen from them in every game. You know, they're happy to sit back and let teams come at them. And then it's one ball out and it's, you know, two, three passes and a goal. But they can't build a play and push forward like that. They're just not that team. And I wonder, is Ole the right man? And was it... How can I say an oversight for them not to have got in potch? That's the question. Kev? Yeah, I think Oli. I can't see them in the set, I can't see them in the league. I think they could easily get top four, top three, um, but I can't see them in the league. Not not with no disrespect Harry Maguire back um, and like you said luck has touched on I think Wan-Bissaka I think he's going to be out for a couple of games as well so they might have to go into the market to get um, a right back um, this month maybe if they was to get I'm, I'm hearing rumours they might go in for um, Haaland yeah, I, I can't see that it. happening in January but maybe yeah maybe in summer if as well this month maybe that might be enough to propel them up there but do you think realistic do you guys think realistically Haaland would go to Man United because there is literally going to be like 15 clubs looking to buy him like you guys may not see a bidding war like this ever in your life I, I think I'm really not convinced with the guy I think there's a lot of talent and you know for them to say he was he's as good as Ronaldo R9 it's, it's laughable bad. Ronaldo R9 is in a different league of his own but at the end of the day you're judged on goals right and he does seem to have a knack putting the ball in the back of the net but no disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-disrespect-
Well, you're right. I think because of his father, he'll end up going to Man City, where he'll score loads of goals, and Man City will win loads of titles. Um, and, yeah, that's what's going to happen in the end. Um, but I would love to see him at another club, like, uh, like you guys, Arsenal. Um, or, well, Chelsea won't be buying him, but then Chelsea's got the money to buy anyone they want. But Nah, I, I don't think for his development going to a team like Arsenal would do him much good. I, I think Arsenal and Dortmund are more or less similar levels. No, I think Arsenal's not <laughs> You think we're better? <laughs> I think you're a notch down, if I'm honest. <laughs> but Dortmund's very... Three different very... opinions here, all right? I like that. I like that. I like the different opinions. But yeah, having said that, yeah, that that would be an interesting one wherever he goes. But I, I see him going to Man City because, let's be honest, Aguero's coming to the latter stages of his career. They need a. They need to replace him at some point. Um, and I think that they, uh, you know, the lack of game time now. Aguero's back, right? But he never got to play or something. Yeah, he's been back for a few weeks. He, I think he. He didn't come on today. I don't think he came on today. He didn't come on today. And, he, and he did come in. He, he oh, did he come did? on, but um, but it looks like Guardiola is sort of happy with playing that sort of false nine anyway, doesn't it? He, he, he doesn't tend to use an orthodox striker a lot these days. Um, like like you see him play. Wayne was probably the furthest forward at some points today, and and yeah. he sort of took turns of Gundogan. Interchanging like they didn't, they don't, they seem like quite comfortable playing without like a tradition. But now, if you like, uh, yeah. maybe there's something in that. Imagine if Man City would actually take shots outside the 18 yard box, like a numbers game, right? 10 shots, two are going to go in the top corner. It's, it's inevitable. But Kevin, what, what, what are your thoughts on uh, Pochettino officially being announced as PSG manager? What, what do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's going to shake the team up? Who is he going to bring in? So on and so forth. So my connection is a bit bad, but yeah, I've got, got, got a bit of that. Um, yeah, I think he, he's still unproven, really. I, I think it's a, a little bit of a gamble for PSG. I, I'm, I'm not sure how much he's going to improve them. Um, and and what's, what's their objectives in, in getting him? You know, Are they... Are they hope with this manager because he's never he's never won anything. Um, good manager, but um, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I, if I was a PS, I would be expecting much more than the league. To be honest. Yeah, I mean the the league is more or less a given for them. I mean they've got Lyon as competition, and you know there's a few other teams that are always going to hover around. But PS, it's, it's almost like how it used to be in Scotland, right, where Rangers were going to win the league almost every year. Going back maybe, you know, a decade, 15 years back, and now obviously it's Celtic, but it seems like Rangers are back in the game. But PSG, I mean, I don't see them really getting beyond the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I mean, that's their objective is to win it, but you've got to have a manager that's won the Champions League, right? I Can think it? maybe... I think maybe he's coming maybe to try and get the best out of some of some of the young French prospects and get he, he seems to work better with like sort of younger players right, that he can mold um, into his style of football um, he's, he's going to have some big egos there to deal with so maybe and your point is valid right and and the young players are there but the reality is there's, there's two match winners in that team and the question is how long are those guys going to be motivated to stay around for one of them is going to go to Liverpool. Kylian Mbappe is Liverpool bound one day. I'll see to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, th I think Mbappe, Real Madrid, is, it, they've been more or less tapping him up for a couple of years now. But if Zidane's not there, who knows? Maybe he wouldn't want to go to Real Madrid. Maybe he want to come to Liverpool, play for Klopp. He's already said that, though. There's been but having said that, if, if Messi goes to PSG, which it's, it, these rumours are getting stronger and stronger, and with Pochettino being there, Argentina there's an Argentine connection, yeah. that could happen. That and if that happen. happens, that's I think PSG instantly become like Champions League favourites. Yep. And then Kylian Mbappe will realise, and if they don't win it, when they got yeah, Messi... Gonna have a, <laughs> whoever gets him, he's going to have a player of luck. <laughs> One heavier player for the next decade or so. 
Well, yeah, that's exactly. And I, and I think if Liverpool win the league this season, still in his early twenties. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's explosive player. He's exactly what what most teams want, to be honest. And I, and I think that having him, if Liverpool get him, it's a game set match for everyone else. And I, I think there's a good chance that we could get him because he's already said that his desire to play under Klopp. He's actually come out and said that several times, so let's not be surprised. No, but you, you, you've got to, and, and all right, the player's desire is one thing, but it's not the manager that's writing the check. It's it's the you know the board essentially writing the checks, and I think a lot of these American-owned companies aren't looking to spend 150, 200 million on one player. I mean, or maybe I, if Salah goes, maybe that's that's one. Yeah, if Salah goes, I think they can raise a lot of the capital. And maybe they'd just do the part exchange with PSG, right? Like, hey, we'll throw in an extra 30, 40 million. Let's just do a swap deal. It's a possibility. Well, look, let's put it this way. If Salah goes to Real Madrid, there's every chance that Liverpool would either get a Haaland or Kylian Mbappe. There's every chance of that. Because Haaland ain't going to be cheap either. Let's not forget, he's going to be 100 plus as well. Nah, I think his clause is like 68 million he can be signed for before the World Cup or something. It's market rate. But even market rate, I wouldn't pay more than 60, 70 million for him. I think he's better than that, man. If yeah. you guys have paid 70 something for, what was that guy's name, Pepe, then I'm sure this guy's a lot worth a lot more. <laughs> yeah, but your, your team's not a bunch of mugs like Artboard. Don't get me started, man. No, 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 I know, but you look. <laughs> I, was, I was calm. You were calm. I woke up a demon. <laughs> just by mentioning Pepe, you go a cup, yeah? No, but having said that, like, you know, <laughs> these transfer talks are going to be getting stronger uh, and stronger come the next... Was The transfer window, has it started even? No, this... It's open. What, what are you guys hearing over there from... Uh... I'm hearing Carlos Solo to Arsenal, potentially. Yeah. Oh, the, from Valencia guy, midfielder. The Valencia... Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, he looks more like a winger from what I've seen of him. Okay. But apparently, he can sort of play that that number ten role. Um, like it's competitive player's got a bit of pace. Um, yeah, I've, 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 that's that. That's what the papers have been saying that I've been reading this morning. I think you guys need um, to go out and sign some defenders, mate. That's what you need to do. You say that, and, and it hurts me, because I, I bashed uh, Rob Holding last week. Rob Holding and Pablo Marie, man, those two are looking like a partnership. Yeah, but what happens when you got an injury? When there's an injury to one of those two? Yeah. Gabriel Magalas comes back in. And then what happens when you got injured there? Because look, injuries are like, look what's happened to Liverpool. I mean, they'll have to eventually get someone. I mean, Sally Bayer, I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Does he even talk that? He makes be permanent. And I think that's crazy considering we spent 18 million on him. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting either way. Yeah, you already know what I think of the board, man. Like, they just <laughs> just drive me crazy with. Like, just we. He did well, all this stuff. We ain't even gave him a chance. The, the, the thing is, right, your board, if they didn't spend money before this whole COVID situation came about, I find it very difficult that you guys are going to spend any money now, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it, it's even worse than what it was. I mean, you guys have probably tightened in your belts even more than what you did before. And I think that's pretty much across the board in the, in the Premiership and, mm. and in probably most leagues now, right now, because if there's no fans coming in, there's no money coming in. Arsenal's bulk of money was coming from season ticket holders and stuff like that. So fans coming to watch them. Now, you're not getting that. You're not getting the tourist people coming to watch Arsenal play or whatever it is that was going on. Now, you yeah, but that's all going to be fine come next season. You know, once people start getting the vaccine and all that, it's going to be a requirement. You have to have the vaccine to attend. It's just how things are going to be. And I think next season onwards, you'll see that. But at the same time, like during the summer's transfer window, if there's a player that's worth 100 million and he's available for half price, any team that desires to get that player is going to pull the trigger. Because it's not like you're paying the 50 million, you're just going to do it in installments, right? Hey, we'll give you 10 million up front and just kind of like the Pepe deal, spread it out over four or five years. 
that's what's going to have to happen, isn't it? I guess everyone's just going to have to... Would you in. take, like, Ericsson or Coutinho on loan, Beth? Sorry, Ericsson or Coutinho? On loan, yeah. Uh, Coutinho, no, because I think he's out for three months. And... Uh, oh, Ericsson, yeah, I will take Ericsson. In fact, even uh, I, I read something that Pochettino's looking to get Ericsson as his first signing. So Ericsson or Isco, I, I think, realistically for us... Ericsson would make sense because even if you want to sign him, he's played he's played in the league for four or five years. He gets the intensity. It would be nice for him to basically put a middle finger up at Spurs as well. That part I, I really enjoy. Um, Isco, I, I do. I've always liked Isco, but I, I just I don't know if he's really built for the Premier League. Yeah, he might be a bit slight. Might be another Ozil situation. Yeah. And even Sabayas, I bashed him last week, and he he did okay this weekend. I just think that if once you... I think he's a useful squad player. Yeah. yeah. I think that with Arsenal, you just, your players need to just... Was, you know, just believe in what Arteta's saying because if they just do it the way he says it, I think he'll be all right. From what I've seen in the last three games, it's quite evident that if the players do what the manager wants them to do, you'll be fine. And I, I, I think the intensity is there... The work ethic's there now. They're starting to believe in themselves. And it looks like you guys are coming out with some good results now. I see, I see a very positive situation for Arsenal right now. So yeah, I, I, I just hope he doesn't stick. Go on, Beth. Sorry, sorry quick question for you, Raz. Based on these last three games that have you, you've seen, where do you think Arsenal's going to finish, like, position-wise, roughly? I think it'll be the top five. Wow. I think you'll be in the top five. I mean, when I'm in top five, you'll probably be fifth. I, I, I see fifth place pretty... It should be no problem. Is that based on the current squad or based on the premise that we're going to add one or two players in the transfer window? I say based on the current squad. I think Arteta started to get some belief in the players. And yeah. I don't think you've got a bad team. And then you've got to remember, if Aubameyang hits form as well, that's just... You know, and he, he can add 10, 15 goals just like that. Yeah? Then you've got Lacazette. Then you've got Saka. Then you've got... Um, what's the other guy's name as well? you still got Can't players like... Combat. Huh? That, that Rose... What's his name? Emil what? Uh, yeah. Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, yeah, that guy. Right? He's going to be... He's a, he looks good. Right, Martin Early, yeah, there Martin is actually Early, a lot You got, you guys got some good players. Now you just got to get them to work together, and I, I can see a lot of promise. Leicester City is a team right now, right? That are gonna be, when it comes to the crunch, they always dip, right? You know that, yeah. That's just the way. Brendan Rodgers is a tinker man, and he tinkers team teams all the time, and he 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 messes teams up. Right then, you got Man United. They're gonna they're gonna go through a dip. Right, those players are not gonna consistently perform the way they are. So they're gonna go through a dip. Dip. Right, you're gonna see the usual suspects always out. Liverpool still gonna be there or thereabouts. You're gonna see Man City there or thereabouts. Right, Chelsea. You're seeing that they they've lost it right now. They lost their way a little bit. And then you're gonna see the teams like you know Southampton, the West Ham's, and stuff like that below Arsenal. So. My top five. I like that. And let's let's come back to Chelsea in a second. But what was you going to say, Kev? Kev, connection. Speak to my connection. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if you can hear us clearly. But I was uh, before I asked Raz the question. What, what were you going to say? You had a comment. You was about to. Yeah, I'm not sure if, uh, can you hear us? I, 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 I just saw a message that said poor connection. Yeah, so it keeps cutting out, lads. Sorry about that. Um, Chelsea. Yeah, I like them today. And um, obviously, yeah, there's some talented players there. Um, and yeah, Lampard, he's, he's, he's got a job on his hands getting those guys. But, I mean, I, I don't know that anymore. Um, he, he seems to be like, person he seems to be like the striker that, that they need at the moment to sorry get I, them. I, I didn't hear you Kev did you say Giroud or yeah Giroud I'm starting him off okay. 
I, I don't know why he's not starting. Um, he's whenever he's in the team, he's scoring goals, um, but for whatever reason, um, they're just not starting him. It's kind of crazy, right? So I, I saw this uh, stat earlier on on Twitter. Abramovich's Chelsea managers. I, I and I never knew this. I never knew Avram Grant had a sixty nine percent win percentage. Frank Lampard is the worst right now at forty nine percent. I saw that on Sky Sports today as well. Yeah, only person like Andre Villa Boas. Sorry, they. Okay, the win percentage is one thing, but then the points per game average is the lowest. Andre Villa-Boas, who, who was like probably one of the worst managers ever in the Premier League, <laughs> 1.7 points. It's nuts, man. Look at the sort of names they've had like, in terms of top quality managers. Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, Antonio Conte, Rafa Benitez, Gus Hiddink, Luis Felipe Scolari. Man, these guys, and Frank's in trouble. Big, big, big trouble. I think he's got maybe a couple of weeks left at this rate. Well, if he doesn't improve right now in the next couple of weeks, like I think he'll, you know what the manager, the owners like. He's gonna chop it, you know, and he does that all the time. And he'll probably have um, Jody Morris in charge for the rest of the season, and then he'll get a new uh, a replacement. Or you know, now he'll bring Gus Hiddink back, man. That's that's the interim manager always, <laughs> right? His best mate, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> The thing, the thing is, is the problem is Frank Lampard hasn't got that tactical nous that you need in the Premiership, and that's the problem. He was a great player, but as you know, Bav, and as we both we know this already, you know, with you know the years of football that we've watched, great players don't make great managers, right? So, and I, I really do, you know, he's worked with some great managers and whatever, but. He's, I don't think he's a good manager. I think he's a good motivational speaker or whatever you like to call it. But as a manager, I, don't, I just don't see... It's the same Chelsea that you've seen for the last five, six years. Just add some new players. They play really well for a few games. And then you see the Chelsea that, oh, you know what? They're not performing. And today, they were awful against Man City. There was no... There was nothing. Literally, there was There's nothing. No there was no fight. There was no fight. You know, and you got the same player, Timo Werner. He runs like explosive running, but with no end product. It's self-restraining to watch a player of his caliber, and he's not not scoring goals. And there's no creativity in the team at all. You know, I I think the problem is he doesn't know his best eleven. He doesn't know what formation is best. I'm I'm not a, uh, a certified Premier League. Coach, right? But it's clear based on that player, the players that he has, he's got to play four four two, no four three three. Absolutely, four four two. Because he's got to play Giroud and Werner up front, or Werner and Kai Havertz up front. That's it. Kai Havertz in that number ten role. He's got to have Conte and Kovacevic central midfielder, and Pulisic on the left, Ziyech on the right. It's a simple fix. You don't really make personnel changes, but I still don't think he knows his best team. And that's you can do four three two one. Yeah, 16, 17 games in, you don't know your first team. That's that's wild to me still. Like, yeah. you do you think they missed Jorginho today? Jorginho doesn't do nothing for them. No. Jorginho, he's suited for Serie A, picking the ball up, passing it from one player to another, side to side. Jorginho is not like Thiago, like the other day. Thiago came on for the last 20 minutes. 60-yard crossfield ball, I was like, wow, like one of his first passes. Jorginho doesn't do that. He can't pass more than 10 yards. Yeah. Jorginho is literally like, a boy playing in a man's league. Like, he's not built for the Premier League. I'm unlocking the guy. Yeah, he did some decent stuff at Napoli and Sari brought him in and Sari wants to take him, well, wanted to take him to Juventus, but I don't even know where Maurizio Sari is these days, even probably unemployed, but... I think today was like, sort of like the, f- the first time in a long time I've seen get out muscled in, in midfield like that. Um, he, he just, he didn't look like the, the same Conte that I'm, um, yeah, maybe that he wants out or maybe he's injured. Or who who knows? Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe it's just the system, mate. Maybe the system is just not working. And you know what? It confuses players. Um, they don't know what they need to be doing. Uh, you know, with the likes of Kante, his game ain't going to change. He plays that same game all the time. That's the way he plays. And it works for most teams. But when you've got a manager that's telling you to do something different, 
as a player, we've all played the game, right? You sometimes get confused. Like, am I supposed to, does he want me to go in? Or does he want me to sit back and wait? You know, it, it's that, that's what it looked like. It looked like they were just waiting for something to go wrong and they wanted to attack like that. And that's not how you play against Man City. Yeah, and I think one of the other problems is, like, I do like Mason Mount, but Mason Mount is not right for that team with all those other players that are there. Like, if you want to get the best out of those players, I think Mason Mount is somewhat holding the progress up of some of these other guys. Because if you're going to play at four four two, right, and you have two holding midfielders, there's no need for Mason Mount in that team because you put Havertz right behind Timo Werner. And I think that's that's going to work. And, you know, if you want to get Havertz and, and maybe try it out against whoever they're playing in the FA Cup. The FA Cup, all these cup competitions for these big teams are just basically training games. Yeah. And you try a few things out. You know, maybe Timo Werner gets a hat-trick and gets his confidence back up. Because, again, strikers, you just need goals. Aubameyang, who, you know, in a cup game, he might score three, four goals and boom, in the league, that may transfer over. You know, Mo Salah or Firmino or even Sadio Mane. Same thing for Liverpool. I mean, all these strikers, you know, you put the ball in the back of the net, you've got confidence. I think, to be honest, we'll see, you know, in the next couple of weeks how everything pans out because you've got to remember the Christmas period, it's always a bit difficult for players as well because, you know, they they are, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? A bit hungover, too many games, too quickly, not enough rest. The season started in a you know peculiar way, you know the way it did, where they didn't have proper preseason and things have caught up. You know players are starting to self fatigue. I saw a Chelsea team fatigue today massively, yeah. But Man City, because of a couple of you know they had a postponed game, they were like ready fresh. up for it, fresh. Now that makes a big difference, and I think that I mean it's gonna I'm I'm gonna touch on this subject now mid-season break that would have been an ideal situation for everyone god knows why the premiership doesn't want to do it well we know why it's because obviously amazon or whoever it is it's all the money talking but reality is for the goodness of the game they need to do something because every other league does it why can't the premier league do it man and even even on that point i'll just piggyback and uh, i think i've echoed it before even england and when it comes to international tournaments, by the time that third group game is done, England are just fatigued at that point. Yeah. And hence why they can't perform in tournaments. Like, yeah, there's always going to be a question mark of whether England has the players or is tactically, they've got the manager tactically to, you know, beat the likes of Italy, Spain, France, etc. But you see, man, all these players, they're done. And you see, like, some of these other foreign players, that two-week break makes a difference. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you do, any sports you do, yeah, your body can only take so much. Yeah, I saw a Liverpool team the other day that, you know, and I don't want to say the word couldn't be bothered, but they just really were struggling to keep the energy levels up, especially with the way Liverpool plays high intensity football. Yeah, um, how can you carry on doing that for weeks on end? For a whole season, yeah. Yeah, we practically didn't have a pre- uh, a pre-season because, yeah, we had such a long break during the COVID situation at the early parts. And then all of a sudden we had a, a, you know, a compression of games all in one go. Then we had a short little pre-season and then we started again. But don't forget, in those short pre-seasons, they were doing, you know, pre-season friendly games. So they weren't really having no rests. Um, and that's why it was important that you, we had five subs and stuff like that. And again, that was another situation. you got stupid teams who are meaningless teams. Let's be honest. And I don't mean to sound a bit, you know, disrespectful here. But Sheffield United should are not a team that anyone should be taking anything from. Because look, they're obvious why they are where they are right now. Because they need it just as much as everyone else. But they decided, oh, you know, they, they don't want... They, they're happy to keep with free subs. And that, I think, was a stupid decision, even by that manager, because he just wanted to prove a point that, well, because the big team's got more players available, and they yeah, don't. But Steve Bruce said that, and then he kind of made a U-turn on his decision as well, right? Yeah. But that, that's, Steve Bruce, there was a, there was a few of them, and I, and, I, and I think that they only did it because they, said, they felt that the big top teams have more to choose from. I get that. But, yeah, but even then, the, the top teams still have an advantage because they've still got better players. And at the end of the day, it's just your players that make you 
ended up in that position in the table. Well, so. Sheffield United got only two points in the last, what, 17 games. That yeah, goes yeah, to show yeah. that manager is an absolute numpty. And I'm going to say these words. He is, is it, isn't it? I want to well, say... What's the, going on with that kid they signed from Liverpool, Rian Brewster? Like, I'm, Brewster, I'm still yeah. baffled. Like, why are they playing him like 15, 29 minutes? Like, give, let him play. Surely he's better than the the Ollie McBurney and the other dude that they have, the other Ollie. You know, it's, it's frustrating to watch teams like that. I, I feel like they're a waste of a team. And, I, and I, I, again, I'm sounding disrespectful, but they are just a number because they're not doing anything right now. They're, they can't score goals. They're letting in loads of goals. And to have only two points in 17 games. So they haven't won a game, right? No. Yeah. You have to remember, this is a team that Nearly qualified for Europe last season, so it's been a massive drop. I think they've been where they were since Project Restart, anyway, right? They haven't been able to replicate that form. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then they had Lundstrom. Lundstrom was like he was there, like their Gaza at some point. Like he'd always pop. This remember? Mm. <laughs> but I always say this, right? You know, the manager is to blame for this, yeah, because if he had just gone with the majority. Right now, he would have had a better situation, slightly better chance, maybe, because he never gave himself a chance, has he, really? Because we do need five subs right now, and players do need to be rested as well. Massively, it's, it's causing an issue. Injuries everywhere you go. Now, there's players getting tested positive as well. Now, are these not problems? Are these not the reason why we need five subs? And I mean, what? you know what? Honestly, I... Like Mourinho, who is it? The uh, left back they bought from uh, Real Madrid, regular, right? Yeah. He was. All these guys had. Even Guardiola said it today. Like he talked about Benjamin Mendy. It's like he he said he liked Benjamin Mendy. He's a great person, great heart, so on and so forth. But it's all these social media ruining things, man. For these guys, like, why are you a high-profile player making two hundred and fifty grand a week, posting on Instagram stories, or even like if you've got all these people coming to your house for a Christmas party? or dinner or get together hire some security guard okay here's your phone you put it in a bag you don't get to use your phone while you're here that solves the problem yeah exactly I mean, crazy, man. and this is why the NBA and, and not, not to bring up another sport but the NBA did such a great job they had a bubble in Orlando where the players were literally monitored for everything 24-7 they couldn't leave that campus there was no going to clubs no you know other places bars, lounges whatever so therefore, the you know virus didn't spread. Obviously, yeah, there were still probably some people that had COVID and whatever, but it's not as crazy as it is now. Yeah, I know. Um, the the thing is, right? You know, the, I I would say this right now. Yeah, we're going to carry on talking about this, but the reality is, they no one can monitor players twenty four seven, right? Yeah, you just can't. Too big brother, isn't it? Yeah, you can't. But. There's got to be a sense of ownership by the players as well, you know. It's their livelihood that's on the line, right? And let's not mention, not to mention the health situation, everything else. Anything can happen to anyone, you know. So that's down to them. But I think the Premiership needs to do more, you know. Definitely they need to look into a mid-season break. Not just for this COVID situation, but for the future in general of the sport and especially like like you mentioned the international games England you know but we've been to watch England matches and we see some of the players that play we can see straight away they're not doing as as much as what they would do for their clubs and and the reason why we see that is because a the 90% they, they're scared that they you know what if they put in a, a bit of a challenge or go in a bit too hard they're going to get injured b they think they're just too tired because they played a mid mid um you know, a game on the weekend and then they're playing on a Wednesday night for England, it's not going to be the same intensity because you've only got two days. And in that two days, you're going, you know, you're, you're jetting off from, say, you know, Liverpool, you know, Melwood to all the way to wherever um, England's camp is, St George's Park or whatever it is, yeah? Now, you're going to be in the training camp with England. That's tiring in itself. As you know, travelling is tiring if you're going abroad. It's just... It's not easy. So someone needs to take some ownership and just decide, listen, enough is enough. Let's have a mid-season break. Every other country's doing it. Look at Germany. You see Bayern Munich, right? 
They've done so well in the Champions League. They look fresh every game. The British teams look tired every time they played in the Champions League. Here we go. That's the reason. What do you so think? They should extend the season then if they have this mid-season break. Do you think it would, is there room to do that with the... Um, with, I think there's an international tournament coming up, isn't there? So, Well, the Euros are coming up, yeah. Yeah, the Euros. So yeah. start in June, but... I, don't think they, I think they should just scrap the Euros, if I'm honest with you. Um, with the situation, with the pandemic going on right now, if we like, like we said, it's not going away anytime soon. So, are fans going to be allowed to go to the stadiums then? That's another situation. And then, well, to regulate I, I it all... More, more local fans, if anything. I, I don't think you're going to see the mass fans travelling from one country to another. Because the other problem with the Euros is, and I, I don't know which more I've made a decision to play over 12 different cities that's that's still absurd to me man exactly that and it, is a is a covid spreader but i think by then we might we should be okay i think from what i'm hearing with the vaccine rollouts and whatnot but it's not gonna take, it's gonna take time it, though bav what's that it's gonna take time to get the rollout is, going. The, the solution is this right all these like cup games there's no need for second legs like for the epl cup there's no need for a second leg no right if if, it, if it's liverpool playing man city so if it's not at Etihad or it's not at um, Anfield, pick a neutral venue and just have a one-off game. That's I mean, they have scrapped that, haven't they? Well, they scrapped, what, the second legs? The second legs, yeah. I, 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 honestly, I'm not sure. I haven't really kept up with that. They, they need to scrap replays. The games need to be settled in 90 minutes. I if not, penalty straight that. away. Yeah, FA yeah. Cup, there's no need for... Honestly, like they should probably say, hey, if you finish top 10... You don't play in the FA Cup to give the other teams a chance. That that would basically eliminate a round, maybe. I don't know. They've got to get creative because there's, there's just too many fixtures in England. And then the I mean, I can't see them agreeing to like a mid-season break because there's so many fixtures they've got to get through. Um, it's the, Kevin, it's not to do with the fixtures. To be honest, yeah. every, every country has the same amount of fixtures. Yeah. It's not the fixtures that's the problem. It's the money. Money, you know? yep. Simple green talks. Yeah. That's that's where the problem is. You know the La, La Liga, they have they have a massive two week break during Christmas. Maybe not this season. It's not been the same. But every other season they've had a break. Germany has a break. France has a break. The only t- the only country that never had a break was UK. So, um, yeah, it's something to look at. But guys, I think we should wrap it up now. Um, it's been a pleasure having you guys on again. Kevin, it's been a pleasure Thank having you, you on again with us. It's been, again, a very insightful conversation. Um, and I'm sure that our fans will love listening to you more often. So hope to see you uh, see you and hear you again next week. Nice one, let's Cheers. Right, Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye. Have a good Take one, easy. mate. Bye. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for um, listening to us. It's been a great, great episode once again. And it's been a pleasure having you guys on. Thank you very much. And please do spread the word. Let all your friends and family and everyone that likes football, loves to conversate about football, to have a listen to us. Three friends just chatting about football. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. Bye-bye.